Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And what a grand morning it is. A very good morning to you and you and everybody that looks like you. It is Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny here with you on a Saturday morning, as usual, on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. Kind of crisp and cool clouds in some places out there, but a little windy, too, here at the uh, Garden Studios of Golden V Media. But, um, uh, you know, uh, listen, it's not raining it's not icy. It's not snowing. You can bundle up and go out and go for a nice drive today. Matter of fact, these are great days, uh, I think, to go for drives. I love, uh, and I know I'm a little nuts on this, but I'm one of them people that love to uh, put the top down on a convertible when it's cold out, put a scarf on, put a, a hoodie on, and uh, go out for a drive in the winter. The cold air, you know, it does something for me. I don't know, I get the heater blasted and everything. But I'm that guy that drives with the window open in the middle of winter, in the rain. You know, I, I get more people tell, well, what, what, you know, what, why do you do that? I don't know. Maybe it's claustrophobia. I know a lot of other people do it, too. Not as many as, as you would think. But, you know, you got to have that window down. We grew up in that era where when you drove a car, you put the, the driver's side window down, even in the winter. Uh just because that's the way you stuck your arm out the window or something, and I'm one of those people. So, And I think at this point, I'm not going to change, no matter what. It, I mean, I've driven Bentleys in the winter and Rolls Royces in the winter and still had my arm sticking out the window because that's what I'm used to. Uh, you know, it doesn't, make, uh, it doesn't make for a great date, I guess, you know, if the person, especially if they get cold. But I'm usually pretty considerate about that kind of stuff. And put the window up. We got a great show for you this morning. You know, everybody always says that. They say that every week on Saturday Night Live. If you watch Saturday Night Live, what does the host say just before they're about to go? We got a great show for you. Whether it's a good show, a crappy show, no matter what, we're not going to. Nobody's going to sit here and tell you. Uh, you know what? We got a pretty, pretty rancid show for you today. To be honest with you, it's pretty. I mean, this thing smells like weak old milk. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. We're going to tell you it's a great show no matter what. If we don't even know what the show is going to be, we're going to tell you it's a great show. So believe you me when I tell you, this one's not going to be rancid. Uh, This is going to be really good, actually. Uh, My friend and um, woman I admire, Lisa Barrow, is going to join us. She is, besides being a uh, manufacturer's representative for uh, a major metropolitan car company, is a motorcycle adventurer, and I really want you to hear her story because she and a group of her friends go on motorcycles and go to countries that I can't even spell, Uh, Kyrgyzstan and all these different places where the road ends, and and it's not like another road, you know, that way. It's like a mountain, and it's done. It's over. That's it. It's the end of the earth. She's been to the highest road uh, in, the, in the world, as high as it gets. What is a, a, a you know a dirt road where you can go? She's been there. So we'll talk to her uh, a little later in the show uh, about these adventures that she does. I think they're awesome. Uh, I think that it's uh, especially interesting for women to travel in some of these countries. Uh, the way. The rules are, I think it takes a certain amount of um, bravery and a certain amount of um, uh, knowing your, knowing the room, I guess, would be the way you uh, you would say it. But I'm excited to talk to her uh, and let you in on that conversation. That'll be at 8.15 this morning. A little later, we have a cartoon of the morning for you as we continue that. And, of course, our review of the week is coming up, our drive time road test. All right, let's uh, take a look at the top five. Time now for this week's top five. The five things you need to know about cars and car culture this week. And, boy, it's been a slow week in the car world in some respects. Not not a lot of big stories, but the stories that were out there, uh, I think, are pretty interesting. And we started off uh, this morning with, I think, one of the strangest stories um, in the car world. You probably haven't followed it. If you have, it's it's 
playing out more and more like a, a murder mystery than it is anything else. And that's the uh, the former head of Nissan, Carlos Ghosn, and uh, his um, escaping this week from Japan to Lebanon. Now, uh, the backstory on this, uh, Ghosn was, uh, was involved allegedly in some fund shifting, some secret funds, some money moved to a dealership in Oman. This guy was the president of Nissan. I mean, he was running the whole thing. And he got involved with this kind of allegedly shady kind of dealings uh, with uh, some car dealers and some people and some money under the table and, you know, so on and so forth. It sometimes happens uh, to rich men. You know, they have all the power in the world and they want more, so they, uh, they usually manifest it in money. Well, he was arrested by Japanese authorities. Uh, let out under house arrest on, um, I forget, I think it was $14 million bail. It was a lot of money. Yeah, $14 million bail as he was awaiting trial in Tokyo. So, this week, all of a sudden, Carlos is gone. He's not at his house, not at his apartment, nowhere to be found. And the rumors started swirling that he had turned up in uh, Lebanon, in Beirut. And that he has escaped, get this now, had escaped in a box. I guess they had some kind of affair, some kind of deal at his house. I like this, you know, you're under a house arrest and you can have a... A band come in and play for you. But anyway, he was a, they had a band come in and play at the house. And then after the band left, nobody saw Gone anymore. Uh, gone was gone. So the popular theory was is that he had himself installed in an instrument box. And wheeled out and taken to the airport so nobody would know. Now, it sounds like a great story. And it was kind of the buzz of the automotive world this week. You know, I mean, you know, it's not often that an automotive executive is accused of leaving his house in a box, but he's still breathing. So um, anyway, it turns out that people in Japan, and I guess some of Gon's people too, are telling NPR that he escaped house arrest by just walking out that they had noticed that the Japanese authorities had been lax in their surveillance. Who knows, maybe there was some money paid off, maybe not. Maybe all of a sudden somebody got the, he's going to be riding around in a new, uh, you know, GT4, you know, something, something slick. A new GTR. But anyway, it turns out that he has said, or his people have said, or somebody has said, that he did not escape Japan in a box, but walked out and uh, got from uh, his house to the airport into the jets uh, uh, that took him and his people to Lebanon. So he forfeits the $14 million in Japan, becomes a fugitive, and um, now who knows what will happen. I don't know about extradition treaties and so on and so forth. But there was a bit of romance about this. I mean, you know, listen, we all like that story where somebody figures out a way to get out in a different and unique way. And especially when it's a rich guy or a rich woman who figures out how to escape in a unique way. We all love that kind of story. So that's the story this morning of uh, Carlos Ghosn, who is now a resident of Beirut, and cannot set foot, I would think, outside of uh, Lebanon or go to many places because I'm pretty sure uh, Japan has an extradition treaty with many countries. The uh, top 10 cars sold at auction in 2019, and I won't give you all 10, but what an impressive list of cars uh, that were sold this year by uh, Sotheby's and 
all the different auction houses. The number one car that was sold this year, the highest dollar car at auction, was a 1956 Ferrari, 290 mm, $22,005,000 by R.M. Sotheby's in Los Angeles. A beautiful, beautiful machine. Um, it was uh, for second in the 1956 Millimiglia. I better say that right, or my uh, my Italian friends aren't going to like me anymore. Millimiglia. Uh, it had been driven by Phil Hill, the famous race car driver at Spring, uh, and uh, Wolfgang von Tripp at the Nassau Speedworks in the Bahamas. The car had pedigree. The car had class. Uh, the car was something that uh, it had the provenance. And it went for $22,005,000. That was the top car of the year. Second was the 1994 McLaren. They went for 19.8, a 39 Alfa Romeo. 2900B Berlinetta 18.9 million a 58 Ferrari a beautiful car GT Spider for 9.9 million and some of the other interesting cars the James Bond car is on here let me just scroll down the list here a second Uh, the James Bond car is on here Uh, the Aston Martin DB. This one was um, down at the Smoky Mountain Car Museum. Sat on display there in a cage for 35 years. But a spectacular example of the 65 Aston Martin DB5 Coupe. Sold by R.M. Sotheby's in Monterey for $6,385,000. I guess this was the one that was used in Thunderball. Outrageous prices for these cars. But if you have a pedigree car like that, that's what they're going for. Certainly a car that's been in a Bond movie. Although, you know, Alpha, uh, excuse me, um, Aston Martin has undercut that market a bit by making available a replica of this car. So you can now go to an Aston Martin dealer for a million bucks, I think, or something like that. Um, Build yourself one that not only is a 65 DB5 coupe, but also has all of the uh, the, uh, stuff that the Bond car had on it. So... That's the uh, that's the auction scene, and just one more quick thing: the figures are in for new car sales for 2019. I can tell you that the Camry remains on top as far as family cars. We'll have to see what happens when Ford reports their figures. They don't report them until Monday, until everybody else is done with theirs. But uh, SUVs continue to grow. Sedans grow for the Koreans. Not so much for everybody else. And um, uh, as I said, we'll see what happens. I know that the uh, just got word that the Mustang, the E, um, Mach E, is sold out. That you can't buy one. The electric Mustang SUV sold out. All right. Take a quick break. Here we come back. Lisa Barrow joins us. Motorcycletes extraordinaire here on Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny News Radio. Uh, 1150 KKNW. Attraversate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Geht darüber de gas, norden wenn es green, nicht ergeht zwischen den Mitten vom Block. 
It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear. And wait, and wait until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Alternative Talk 1150. Talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. You're listening to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And it is Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much for listening to our radio show this morning here on Alternative Talk KKNW. Where we get a chance every week to uh, talk to somebody who means something to the car world or the car business or motorcycles or vehicles that move we do it every week and uh, this week i thought it would be kind of cool to have a friend of mine join us that is um by day works for a major american car company actually it's a major european car company now but by uh, other days is a motorcycle adventurous she and a group of women take these extraordinary trips to these faraway places on motorcycle. I mean, me, I, I get a little worried if I go up to, uh, you know, go up to Mount Baker camping and I got to walk 10 feet from the car. This woman and her friends, this group of women, go out on the roads of uh, Asia and Europe and places that uh, not many people, I don't think, uh, venture. Her name is Lisa Barrow. And she joins us now. Lisa, good morning. How are you? Hey, Benny. Great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, good, to, good to talk to you. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, back at you. Now, <laughs> today you, you kinda, you're just in, in, in the United States, right? You're not in some faraway place talking to us <laughs> by satellite uh, phone, are you? Well, my imagination is in a far-off place, but I'm actually here in the States. <laughs> I had good, to be good, so I could good. get together with you, well, right? Exactly, exactly. Let's um let's talk a little bit about, about what you do first and you uh you send me pictures from all over the world. You and a group of women, uh and I think the group probably changes a little bit from time to time, go on these spectacular motorcycle adventures. What in the world made you think, gee, I go I wanna ride a motorcycle in Kyrgyzstan? You know what? I've had a philosophy where you should never know too much about something or you'll freak yourself out and you'll never do it. So that's kind of my philosophy, which has led me to a lot of crazy places. But um, I think one common thread that um, a number of the people I ride with have in common is the person that inspired them. So it's it's really funny. My, my husband got a book called Lois on the Loose years ago. And he, he said, you know, you really need to read this book. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it on my bedside table. And, and like a year later, I finally picked it up. I couldn't put it down. It was the greatest book. And when I closed it, I'm like, I'm going to ride motorcycles. So Lois Price was the inspiration. So she's awesome. But anyway, so my husband discovered a trip that Lois was leading through Brazil. So uh, I was scared to death to do it, but I did it anyway, and that's where I started to meet these these other women riders, and we had the best time, and we got to hang out with Lois, and the other some of the other women on the trip had also read her book, and it was their inspiration for riding as well. So she led us all over Brazil, and uh, it was just incredible, incredible. First mud encounter, never ridden in the mud before, and uh, 
did a little mud, so I got some good pictures for that. Um, but it was just an amazing experience, and she, she continues to be an inspiration, I think, to all of us. So, And, and you went to places... And you went to places that, you know, like you didn't ride through the streets of Rio or through towns. I mean, you went to some, when you went to Brazil uh, to start, you went to some pretty far away and interesting places that maybe people wouldn't go even if they had a horse. Oh, I think that's really true. It's just easier to travel on a motorcycle. Less stuff, and you're you're just, uh, you're much, you know, you're much smaller, smaller space. You can, you can go off-road if you need to, no matter where you are, and, um... You take all the back roads, so there's not a ton of traffic, and uh, you really discover interesting things that you won't find in a uh, in a tour guide book. And one of the, I think one of the highlights of the Brazil trip was we were kind of we were running through the countryside, and uh, all of a sudden we went through this small little neighborhood, and we rounded the corner. Everything opened up, and we were in we were heading into the Cerro do Rio Rostro mountain range. And it was the most amazing road that led through this range. It felt like we had gone back thousands of years in time, and it was incredible. And here you are, you're just in a neighborhood, and then you're around the corner, and everything is different. It was like we were in the middle of a time warp, and it was spectacular riding. The the, the most intense and pushback you're, and you're not I think scared? I've ever been on. What? Yeah, you, you, you're not, you don't have a, is there a, a fear about all of these places, or do you kind of lose your fear because you're in a group? Well, you know what? You have fear, for sure, and sometimes there, like in India, there's a few times where I thought I was going to die, but you, you know, you're in, you're in the middle of it, so you just have to do it. It, it. It scares the heck out of you, it's exhilarating, it's fun. But sometimes you're doing things where you're just horrified, and you, but you can't turn back because back is not necessarily better. So you just plow through it, and uh, it, you know, I'm still here, so I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> not with that, not with some broken things on my body, that's for sure. But you know, they're they're good memories. Let's just say that. <laughs> My friend Lisa Barrow is with us. She is a, I call her a motorcycle adventurous. All right, so you go to Brazil, you like the trip, you go with Lois. Now you go on another trip. You say, okay, where am I going to go next? New Jersey? No, I think I'll go to India because that sounds like a good idea, right? Now, India, we um, connected with a woman called Tiffany Coates. She has been, uh, she is a true motorcycle adventurous. She's been doing it since, I don't know, she was 20 years old. And she led this trip through India, and that one literally they when they when we sent we got a little email that said um, nothing we can show or say can properly prepare you for the adventure ahead. You're going to be surprised, horrified, scared, relieved, exhilarated, tired, overjoyed, emotional, and the list goes on. But basically, they said it's going to change your life, and it totally did. That trip, the environment. I mean, we're we're riding up the, through the Himalayas, and you're you're riding over these big boulders and sheer drops. I mean, literally, we didn't think that we would all make it through because the the sheer drops and the the you don't have that much room to ride when you're heading up the mountains. And uh, but the gift at the top of uh, the Himalayas. Uh, is is the place called Cardoon Law, and it's the world's highest motorable pass. And it is 18,380 feet, and uh, there's a big sign up there with all kinds of prayer flags, and it's amazing. But getting up there, huh, I'm tired just thinking about it. But great picture. You can only stay up there for about 45 minutes because the air is just, uh, it's just, you're up so high and too thin, and you it's just it's not enough oxygen wow. up there, but uh, that was one of the toughest things And you got to bring gas, done. I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's not a gas station or a rest stop up there once you get up there, huh? Yeah, no no gas station. There's definitely not a gas station, but it's, you just, that trip, I mean, the roads would be washed out from the water coming down from the, you know, the snow melting on the top of the Himalayas. And all of a sudden, you'd have to cross the, this rushing uh, water going across the road that's littered with these humongous boulders. And it's, 
I mean, it kind of freaks me out a little bit now thinking about it, but uh, I have a nice scar from that one <laughs> on my little shit. Yeah, you got hurt on that trip, huh? I did. I ended up in an Indian hospital. Let me just tell you, you don't want to end up in an Indian. Uh, it was the ER, and, uh, yeah, that was quite an experience. Oh, trash everywhere and flies and, you know, <laughs> all kinds of craziness. So, um, but I made it through, and when I got home, I, I went straight to our ER, and they're like, yeah, your leg's infected, uh, but you're going to make it. So I'm like, okay, that uh, was good. But it's that is a beautiful well, country. Yeah, because and, stuff you can catch. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. No, mine was strictly uh, cuts and bruises, but it the food is awesome. The landscape is incredible, and, you know, we got to see Taj Mahal and just, it's a beautiful country that I would go back to in a heartbeat, for sure. And I'm actually mulling over. How are uh, how, how the people on these trips? Pardon? How are the people on these trips when they see you coming in? Uh, you know, on a, you know, Ooh. all these women on a motorcycle. Uh, is it um, like a celebratory thing? Is it something where they can? You know, some of these countries that you go to don't exactly have the best views of women doing you know anything but laundry. Well, I think in, in India, I mean, there's a lot of people that ride on two wheels and uh, because they can't really afford cars. So I don't think we were that unusual in India. But when uh, Tiffany did a, she organized another trip for us in Kyrgyzstan. And that trip, I mean, they don't really have an official uh, tourism structure. So, and women are certainly, I mean, they don't, nobody's riding motorcycles. I don't, they can't even afford motorcycles. They're riding horses and things like that. So you end up staying right. with people in their homes. And, uh, but when we would ride, they, they, they just didn't see motorcycles. People would line the streets, the parents and the kids, and just stare at us. And then when they would find out that we were women, that just blew them away because that just doesn't happen. Women are not doing that. So that uh, Kyrgyzstan I loved just because it was so, you know, it, it didn't have a lot of, uh, there weren't a lot of tourists. It, it was like we were from outer space. Um, and it was wow. beautiful. It was beautiful as well. And we stayed in, in uh, yurt camps and uh, we hung out with a, an eagle hunter one day and they taught us all about uh, how, you know, that, that works for them when they, they find these uh, these little the baby eagles when they're young, and they have this 20-year relationship with them where they go hunting, and then they set them free at the end of the relationship. It was just it was fascinating. That's a place I would go back to, for sure. So it, uh, but was... I, I think of all the places, that's a place where people just didn't know what to make of us. And when they discovered, when our helmets came off and they found out we were women, that just... That freaked them out. <laughs> well, it had to be shocking. I mean, they had to be looking and going, what in the world? <laughs> what was the most impressive thing about the people in, in that country? Because, I mean, we don't hear a lot. Of, I mean, we hear a lot about Brazil, obviously, and a lot about India. But you, you don't hear a lot about that country and the people. What was the... Uh, what was it like to talk to people? I, what language did they, did they speak? Kyrgyzstanistic or, or what? I, I mean, they, they're they speaking uh, Russian. Um, that's their official language, which I do not speak any Russian. But, you know, there's ways to communicate with people, especially when you're trying to, you know, you, you know you're trying to get food or something like that. And people were so welcoming to us, but we did not speak. You know, we really didn't communicate with language. It was more of like, you know, smiling and kind of pointing, that sort of thing. But they all they all welcomed us, which was really great. We loved it. Um, so I think uh, the uh, even I remember one time we were just stopped on the side of the road trying to we had had some snacks with us. And a man, it was during their sunflower harvesting uh, season, and this man just like, pulls over, and he jumps out, and he has this huge sunflower with all the little seeds sticking up, and he gives it to us for, for us to snack on for a little roadside lunch. And it was just so yeah. sweet. And then he was gone. <laughs> so I, I think they were fascinated by us. I think that they uh, they they liked interacting with us. And, and in fact... 
two of the, we had four motorcycles, so um, two of the women on two of the motorcycles got pulled over by the uh, police, and and I was on the other side of the road with my girlfriend Sue, Sue Stark, and uh, the, the policeman he kept trying to get us to leave, and we're like, we're not leaving our friends. And they were holding uh, Tiffany and, and Sandra over there and interrogating them. And uh, finally, the one officer walks across the road, and he's trying to talk to Sue and to me. And he sees my wedding ring, and he it's not, I don't know how we got to this point, but somehow he was asking me, why did your husband let you come here without him? <laughs> so he wanted to see a picture of my husband, so I showed him the, I showed him a picture of my husband in my phone, and uh, he was laughing. And by the end, we didn't get tickets, and we got a picture with all the policemen. <laughs> there you go. And, yeah, you have some great pictures from these, uh, from these trips. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, some of the photos, and I'll put some of them up on our Facebook page so people can go uh, there and take a look at them. It's uh, it truly is uh, it, it it warms my heart to see you do this, uh, and also makes me feel like somebody listening to this show that has wanted to do something like this hears you do it and says, "Okay, I can do the same thing," uh, especially around. Motor vehicles, because, and I found this when I went to Cuba, which is, you know, obviously not as far away as as uh, India or Brazil or, or some of those countries, but there was a common communication when you had a motor vehicle with you, whether it be a motorcycle or a classic car, or if you talked about cars, it's like music and sports. Uh, there's people that, that warm up to that right away when they see it. Oh, yeah, a- a- Absolutely. And, you know, something that if people are interested in, in doing this, like, I don't have a ton of off-road experience. And yet, and in fact, when I'm in this country, I'm usually riding on, you know, decent roads. But when I've gone to these other countries, I'm on these roads that I've never, you know, a lot of the off-road, I, I just, I don't do it on a regular basis. But some of the women uh, that, that go on the trips, like, uh, I mean, obviously, Tiffany and Lois do a lot of it, and Sue Stark is amazing off-road. So they're really great at it, and they have yet to leave me behind, so I really appreciate that. <laughs> but yes, it's not good to, to be, be left behind. What? I said not good to be left behind in a place like that. Right. And, and you know, also, there's places, there's other places to start. I did an Alps tour with my husband. And that, that was on great roads and beautiful mountains. So, you know, you can start off and ease yourself into it before you, uh, you know, do, do the really crazy things, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, where next? Where do you go next now? Are you thinking about another trip? Is there a country that you're thinking about or a place that you're thinking about where uh, it'd be kind of cool to ride? Well, you know what? I'm I'm always mulling it over. And uh, actually, uh, Sandra, one of my... Uh, my uh, Biker friends uh, from the original Lois trip. She's doing Rajasthan, and she and uh, she's like, "Come with us!" So I would love to do that. The timing's not that great for me work-wise, but I, uh, I I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I would I would like you to. You gotta truck another one up, right? Yeah, I know. I know. I I I, I do. So we'll see. Now, um, I, I, I have to go. I have to go back and ask you though. Now you said you took one of these trips with your husband. What did you enjoy more, taking it with your husband, or taking it with your, your gal pals? You know what? It's totally different. It's totally different. Like he and I rented Royal uh, Enfield Himalayans and rode out in Montana in the summertime this past summer, and we had a right. blast. There's nobody out there on these beautiful back roads. So I've had a I've had a great time, and and uh, he and I went over to Isle of Man and watched the races, and that was a blast. Loved it. So they're totally different experiences. Um, I think, uh, and they're both really fun. Love them both. So and, and sometimes Jack mix. We have Jack mix in with uh, all the girl trips that are here in the states. So you know, it's uh, yeah, it's good. Um, right, I need to mention your husband's an avid biker as well. I mean, he's a real he is. He's he a, is. an expert on bikes was, and really knows his knows his stuff when it comes down to it. Yeah, I think he was riding in the womb. Uh, honestly, <laughs> he's like a natural. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, he's partly to blame for all of this as well. <laughs> 
well, he's he's done well for himself, and uh, it's yeah. fun to talk to you about this. I've wanted to have you on since we started the show, and I figured this was a good way to kick off our uh, our new year. I think it's uh, what you do uh, is empowering to uh, people. I think there's probably some woman listening to this and say, who's probably had a fear of doing a trip like this and listens to this and says, hey, you know what? Uh, you, you know, plain old Vinny's friend Lisa can do it. I can do it too. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it means something to people, I think, when people go out, regular people go out and do stuff like this. No, I, I agree. And def- there's definitely fear involved. Even with people that are, that, you know, have a lot of experience, if they're doing it, if they're going to a new place, there's a little apprehension. Um, so, but I think in the end, that makes the trip better when you actually get through something that was really hard. Uh, so, but I think, you know, I believe you should learn in layers. So start with something uh, that's not too crazy and then build on it. I think that helps. So, and maybe well, one of these days I'll actually get some really good off-road training. <laughs> that's on my list. <laughs> well, I hear there's a school you can go to. <laughs> there are a couple of schools. <laughs> there's a couple of schools. Lisa, it's so good to hear your voice and to spend some time with you. It's, uh, I hope our listeners get as much out of this as, uh, as I did. And, so, and as I said, somewhere some woman is, is, or some man is listening to this and says, hey, you know what, I've wanted to do something like this all my life, and if uh, Vinny's friend Lisa can do it, so yeah. can I. So th- if we did that, we, we, we made our point today. We can all go home happy. <laughs> well, this was fun. This was fun. I, uh, I've enjoyed right, I will, time. With I you. will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. It's my friend Lisa Barrow, who I call a motorcycle adventurous. I will put the pictures up on uh, the Facebook page so you can see where she's been, some great pictures and some great times with my friend Lisa Barrow. When we come back, we have our cartoon of the week. It is drive time here on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly... It's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. back with you here on Drive Time Radio. Thanks a lot to Lisa Barrow for spending some time with us. Uh, great talk about uh, motorcycles and so on and so forth. We'll get that up online if you missed any part of it. Uh, we'll have that in our podcast, which you can always take off of Apple and Stitcher and Anchor and just about everybody else that has a podcast. You can find it on, uh, on the different uh, podcast services. And, of course, you can always get a hold of us by email at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. If you have any correspondence about the show, about the podcast, or would like to uh, sponsor uh, or advertise on the show, we certainly would uh, would love to have you uh, talk to us about that as well. All right, time now for the cartoon of the week. Every week we pick out a, uh, a tune a song that goes along with uh, with cars or automotives or bicycles or motorcycles or whatever this week in honor of Lisa. We picked out uh, one from, I believe, like 1971, I want to say. 
But this was uh, this charted in the summer, I believe, of 1971. It's a group called Sailcat and Motorcycle Mama. One of those one-hit wonders and Motorcycle Mama. And um, every week we do a cartoon. Starting next week, we will um, have a little fun with the cartoons where we actually let you win some prizes uh, that we have gathered uh, for the cartoons segment. Um, we have uh, some, actually some really neat musical prizes that, uh, to give away, and uh, we will involve you, let you kind of uh, pick out some of the cartoons that we play here on Drive Time Radio. We come back, we will have our uh, road test of the week, our Drive Time Road Test of the Week. Got a chance to spend a week in a, a car that you don't see a lot of, and I just quite don't know why. So we'll ask that question next here on Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. Pull your seat belt snug. Give an extra tug. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety, always buckle up. Show the world you care by the belt you wear. Buckle up for safety when you're driving. Buckle up, buckle up for safety, buckle up. Buckle up for safety, always buckle up. Put your mind at ease, play your riders, please. Get your seatbelts buckled, everybody buckle up. The National Safety Council says... Seatbelts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up! Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150kknw. You're listening to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. back with you here on Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny in with you. Hanging out a Saturday morning as we usually are. Then, of course, online at drivetime-radio.com as well as uh, on the uh, podcast universe. You can get us at Apple. You can get us at Stitcher. You can get us at um, Anchor and probably uh, any place uh, good podcasts are sold. Although I don't think they sell these. I think they give them away for free, to be honest with you. But we'd like you and your friends, of course, to click on it and, and check on us and hang out with us and get our views on what's going on in the automotive world. We're also uh, doing some plans in the fu- near future here to uh, get out and do the show live on Saturday mornings at some uh, car events that are coming up here in the not-too-distant future. So we'll let you know where those are, too. You can come out and see us live, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll, uh, we'll take your automotive expertise as well. Right, uh, time now for the Drive Time Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I got nothing but good to say about this week's uh, Drive Time Road Test, the Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. Um, I'm driving a 2020 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross this week. And when you put it up against the Hyundai Tucson, the Nissan Rogue, the Honda CRV, and you look at what you get for the money in this thing, uh, not to mention the warranty as well, uh, it's not your greatest resale car, but when you buy one of these, I don't know that you're looking at resale right away. I think you're looking for a good solid car that is comfortable, will get you where you're going will uh, give you the uh, necessities of what you need to get there, has ease of operation, and is safe. And the Eclipse Cross delivers on all of those. Now, it may be a little bit confusing because it has Eclipse in its name, uh, and that was uh, Mitsubishi's sports car uh, a few years ago, but this has nothing to do with a sports car. It's just a sporty-looking compact crossover. Uh, the driving dynamics are nice. It has car-like feel to it. It holds the road well. Uh, good steering feedback. It goes where you want it to go. 
and uh, you know it's 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 maybe not up to a Mazda CX-5, but I think uh, you know in sports car feeling they put enough in there that you feel like you're you're driving uh, something that connects you with the road, and uh, in these uh, smaller crossovers, I think that's something that you have to look for. Is a connection with the road. It gives you a feeling like you're involved with this car. You know, some of these cars they tune them so that you almost get a luxury feel to it, like you're not involved, like you don't want to be. Like the only thing that you want to do is get in it and have it take you someplace. Um, this car uh, does more than that. It is uh, roomy inside. It gives you uh, from the outside. A very unique looking car, sharp lines, great colors on these cars. The Mitsubishi color uh, palette is really satisfying. And you get great color, good visibility in the car. It sits up tall, you sit up high. Uh, it has a styling that is unique and different from most of the flat-sided, uh, kind of slab-sided SUV small crossovers that are out there. So it gives you... A distinct styling. It doesn't look like everything else in the parking lot. It has in the rear uh, deck lid has that piece of glass that goes under uh, the belt line of the car, so you can actually not just look on your screen and see what's behind you, but actually for those of us who still turn around and look, uh, you can see uh, lower than most cars with this type of tailgate, because most cars with this type of tailgate have metal there. Uh, this one puts glass uh, in that space, and I think makes for safer uh, experience. Um, this car, this 2020 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross, uh, with its uh, turbo engine, it uh, pops out about 152 horsepower, I believe, in the one that I am driving, it's probably not up to par with some of the other uh, ones that probably deliver a little closer to 200 horsepower. Uh, but how many times do you call on all of the horsepower? Probably when you're towing. You're probably not going to tow a lot with this vehicle. This is not a towing vehicle. This is to get around town in the snow, in the gravel, in the dirt, uh, in whatever nature may throw at you type of vehicle and it does that job well as a switch right there on the console you can switch it between the different modes that give you a better traction formulas for grass uh, for um, gravel excuse me and for snow and it's a simple push of the button and it does uh, formulates the uh, the four-wheel drive the all-wheel drive to do what you need it to do and I think that's uh uh, you know, very good, uh, uh, you know, very easy to operate. Uh, again, a, a sharp-looking car. It's a, uh, a good gas mileage on it as well. And it, uh, the only place it probably, uh, I don't know, probably lacks a little bit is the width in the back in the cargo area probably could use a little bit more width but the reality is I don't think you're going to notice it what you will notice though is the price when you go to buy one of these things because I don't have a list price of about thirty two thirty three thousand dollars but um, you can go and really uh, cut a pretty good deal at a Mitsubishi dealership for one of these things because for whatever reason, people don't, they're not people's first choice. And I think that's a shame because I think it's one of the, uh, no pun intended here, one of the uncut diamonds of the automotive business where you go and you see, you, you look at it, you say, well, I don't really know that much about Mitsubishi, how's their dealer network, how's this, how's that. Uh, when you get in the car and you drive it, I think you'll feel uh, that, uh, that it's equal to everything else out there and will probably cost you less money to get into so it's worth a look again this is no knock against anybody else's cars just that mitsubishi puts out this product that is a fine product that is a good product and uh you know much like um mazda in a lot of ways they're 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 
you know, they're number three and number four in the market, and people don't look at them right away. Look at a Honda, they look at a Toyota. Uh, obviously, look at Toyota RAV4 is the best-selling compact SUV out there. Uh, they look at Nissan and the Nissan Rogue. But the Mitsubishi and the Mazda, and especially the Mitsubishi, I think, bears looking at if you're shopping that type of car. So it's the Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. Uh, it's um, made in Japan. This is not one of the Mitsubishis that are made at their plant in Indiana. It gets good fuel economy. Uh, again, it's not a great towing vehicle, but it'll get you 26 uh, on in the city, 29 on the highway, 27 MPG combined, and I don't yet have the safety rating for the 2020 Cross, but um, if you're in that market and that's the way you're looking to go for a, a small SUV, which seems to be uh, the way that everybody is going these days, uh, the Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross is something uh, that certainly is worth looking at, something that will give you a car that is different than everybody else is driving down the street. And that's a good thing, isn't it? That's the drive time road test for this week. Uh, the, Mits- the 2020 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. I think that's also going to get us close to wrapping things up as well. Isn't it, Mike? Um, so, thank you to Lisa Barrow for uh, spending some time with us this morning. Thank you to you, of course, for listening uh, we really always appreciate uh, the chance to uh, communicate with you. Please, again, use my email or jump on my Facebook page at uh, Facebook slash NYVinny or Facebook slash Drivetime Radio and TV. And um, we will catch up with you again next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. We always appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show and to uh, spend some time with us um, just uh, clowning around about cars. That will put this one in the books. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much, and we will see you next Saturday morning at 8, if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise, right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW.